When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now when you download promo code DNVR and you download the app, new customers can get any $5 NBA pregame money line bet this week. And you will receive $150 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code DNVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. I am your host, Patrick Lyons, fresh from the winter meetings where it wasn't very fresh for the Colorado Rockies, unfortunately. We'll sort of break down everything that happened down in San Diego. There's a new article up, in fact, uh, right now, uh, free at the dnvr.com, completely unlocked for you to check it out. Breaking down those four goals that going into the winter meetings, it seemed very much like they needed to accomplish. And uh, they made some headway on, on some of those things. They actually did succeed in one of those. We'll talk about some of the players that they ended up acquiring, as well as like, what's the next step this winter for the Rockies and, and maybe even the next season or two. But a couple quick pieces of information, Sean Manias two-year deal with San Francisco Giants. So they get uh, another lefty there to replace a, a guy like Carlos Radon. So that will be interesting to see how he fits in there. Probably really good. He's a guy that has three seasons of essentially three war baseball. I had one that was like 2.9, but uh, very good, good uh, young pitcher. And, uh, you know, was okay with the Padres here recently. But they uh, Giants are going to be a, a team for next year that is still probably going to look to add. There's, there's not too many more options. Aaron Judge was their guy. And I really thought that Brandon Nimmo would be their guy 2.0, that he'd be the second guy that they would go after. They're, they've lost Carlos Rodon, so we'll see how they respond to that. Uh, they might have to go the trade route. We know there are plenty of guys uh, that are going to be available still for trades because there were only minor league deals. I think the, the, the Tigers in Atlanta did make a, a deal for Joe Jimenez uh, right there at the, at the end of the uh, winter meetings. Other than that, it was all minor league deals, one of which the Rockies were in on. Really quiet as far as trades were concerned down in San Diego. We should also, of course, of course, very fitting too on this Monday after another another Broncos loss. Uh, happy ninth anniversary of the Russell Wilson being selected by the Texas Rangers in the Rule 5 draft. Of course, Russell Wilson was a uh, draft pick uh, by the Colorado Rockies. Third round, should know this. Should know this really well. Now he's a, a third round, third or fourth round guy. Uh, and uh, Rocky saw, hey, why not? Let's take a waiver on this guy. Uh, I don't think the football career is going to go out. That's an interesting wrinkle. It's like Kyler Murray, uh, where the A's ended up picking him uh, and using up a top 10 pick on Kyler Murray. And then he turns around and wins the, the Heisman Trophy. And they lose that pick. That's it. You, you don't get that back. 
Uh, he had already signed a deal. That's it. That's your pick. It's it's gone. Uh, same thing was true for the Rockies, but Russell Wilson taken by the Rangers. Uh, not sure if another team in Texas would possibly take Russell Wilson off the hands of yet another Colorado sports franchise. Uh, don't think uh, we'd be that lucky. Probably saw from our main account, the homeboy uh, Luke Hall, uh, making a really good point about the fact that 13 games into this season for the Broncos, they're already eliminated, whereas it took the Rockies 148 games before they were eliminated. I think the numbers broke down to uh, the Broncos still having 24% left of their games remaining in this season after having already you know, just been eliminated, whereas the Rockies only had to play out about 9% of their games uh, after having been eliminated from the final uh, wildcard spot. So, uh, hey, you know, again, the Rockies continue uh, to look better than the Broncos in in some ways, in, in some shape or form. So winter meetings fall out. Let's, let's get into it. Rockies had four clear objectives. Number one on that list was to get a left-handed hitting bat, one that could play center field and either you know, hit for some power. We know that the power numbers were down all across baseball, but particularly for the Rockies last year. Uh, or one that just has a really high on base percentage that can be a top of the lineup guy. And very quickly in the winter meetings, it was clear that, eh, you know what, maybe this, uh, this player doesn't need to be a, a center fielder. They wanted to get the three and one uh, Bill Schmidt even said, you know what, Brendan Nimmo, not exactly a fit. It seemed as if that his uh, price range, the money that he was going to get was probably a lot more than they had it. Maybe it had originally anticipated going into the off season um, summer of, of 2022, you already started to hear the buzz about Brandon Nimmo being that guy for the Rockies that they would target just too many teams out there vying for his services. In the end, he does go back to the Mets eight years at 162 million. So the average annual val value does not seem like much like $20 million, but it's the 162, of course, that uh, is, is the difficult part. Nimmo taken out of the running. Schmidt saying uh, in his suite there uh, last Monday at this time, just about that Cody Bellinger would have been the better fit because he was a short-term option. Wouldn't have needed to, you know, again, get multiple years, wouldn't block players in the prospect pipeline, you know, wouldn't eat away at some of that salary. That was the thing with Brandon Nimmo is that if you give him 20 some million dollars in three years from now or three seasons from now, so 23, 24, maybe even 25, you're not necessarily contending. Maybe 25, that clock really starts going. So then 2026, you say, okay, we really have something here for the next couple of seasons. You're going to be paying close to $50 million for both Chris Bryant and Brandon Nimmo in their mid-30s. That doesn't really help. So Brandon Nimmo, while it improves the club right now, it might hurt you in the future going forward when you have a better chance. Again, you know, prospects are cool, are cool parades are cooler. You never know if prospects are going to pan out. You know, this this plan that the Rockies seem to have right now that we've learned in San Diego where they're going to look towards the future. They don't want to block those guys. They do want to give them that opportunity. They, uh, Bill Schmidt, I, I, I kind of asked him point blank. You got to ask these kind of questions. Hey, is, is Tovar, is Zach Veen, is Drew Romo, are, are these guys, you know, untradeable at this point since there is that eye to the future? There is that hope that, in 25 or 26, they can really contribute to the big league squad in a major way, maybe even be all-stars by that point. Uh, and he said, hey, no one's untradeable, uh, which I think is true, which I think is fair. Now, no one's going to you know, offer the moon for 
any players that, uh, you know, ha- haven't done it in the majors yet, even Tovar, you only got to see him uh, for a little bit, a week and a half late in the 2022 season. So even a player like him, as, as attractive as he is, you would really have to overpay to uh, get the Rockies to part with a player like that. So understand the answer about no one being untradeable. I think we know those guys are are really safe. But Bellinger was was the fit. Would have only needed a, a one-year deal. No such thing as a bad one-year contract. But uh, he very quickly turned around, signed a one-year deal. Uh, guaranteed money for $17.5 million. He's only going to make $12 million this year, but there's like a vesting option in 2024. Uh, that has like a $5.5 million buyout. So it's a little complicated, a lot of com- uh, very convoluted, but essentially gets the money that the Dodgers didn't want to pay him. Uh, one year, 17.5 guaranteed from the Cubs. I even can see some speculation from some of the people that I talked to uh, down in San Diego that uh, Belgium could maybe even play some first base. It really depends on what the Cubs do the rest uh, of the off season right now at first base. I mean, maybe you're penciling in Patrick Wisdom, Christopher Morel, the rookie, uh, Alfonso Rivas, who spent a lot of time at first base. Um, a guy that's not even on the 40 man and Matt Mervis, who looked really solid in the Arizona fall league, but uh, if they want to contend, they're, they're going to need to do a lot more. And so Bellinger maybe isn't necessarily a, a center fielder. He, he could play some first base. We'll sort of wait and see what happens with that. Nimmo uh, finally went off the board there. Uh, I believe it was Thursday. The days are blurring together uh, from last week. A lot of fun, but the Wyoming native does go back to the Mets, as we mentioned. Uh, it also came right on the heels of the Mets acquiring Kodai Senga, the Japanese pitcher, on a five-year, $75 million deal. You may have noticed uh, Jeff Passan, uh, he tweeted something out on Saturday that the signings of uh, Nimmo, Verlander, Senga, Jose uh, Quintana, and David Robinson uh, this offseason totaled $360 million, which is a lot. Those are the Mets. But uh, as I, I responded uh, accordingly in tweet, it's kind of strange to think that as high as that number is, it's not even as much as the Rockies had invested in new money last offseason. Chris Bryant was the only uh, definitive free agent that they signed, seven years, $182 million. The rest were five extensions. Ryan McMahon, six years, $70 million. Kyle Freeland, five years, $64.5 million. And this deal actually came in April. So I guess if you remove that one, I'm going to leave that one into the group. Antonio Senzatella, five-year, $50.5 million. And then a pair of $14.5 million deals. CJ Krohn got two years. Elias Diaz got three years. Add all that up, that's $396 million of new money, new money that the Rockies had invested in their roster last offseason. Um, that's still $36 million more than the Mets uh, are paying their free agents this offseason. And that doesn't even include Daniel Bard's two-year $19 million extension that was signed during the season. So uh, Rockies, they've uh, they've invested well uh, last offseason. Maybe not as well as the Mets, uh, but nevertheless, Mets are, are going all in. They've already got some big contracts uh, on the roster. So uh, that, that 360 mil that they've added goes on top of, of something already. There's even some discussion that uh, the owner, Stephen A. Cohen, could possibly go as high as $400 million uh, on – the, the roster next season, which is crazy. Uh, and I don't think that's a bad thing for the game because maybe that makes uh, the Mets the new evil empire that puts a target on their back. We also know you could pay as much as you want in salaries and it doesn't guarantee you winning a single World Series. Think about how many billions of dollars the New York Yankees have spent on their roster in the last 20 years. They've got one World Series to show for that in 20 years and they've spent... Again, 
three billion, maybe. I think the number could be somewhere around three billion dollars. I don't know what it is, but it doesn't guarantee anything. So hey, if you've got that money, you want to spend it like the Mets or like the Padres. There's plenty to talk about that. Uh, so be it. That is your choice. Last but not least, Kevin Kiermeyer. He again needs a short. Was probably going to get a short-term deal. He's a guy who can play center field. He bats left-handed. Again, doesn't provide that much offensively. Maybe at course he runs into a couple there, and you like what you see. But he is now off the board. He is going to Toronto, and that takes the three most logical guys off their list. I think Jackie Bradley Jr. would be fine for a one-year deal, but all of the other options that are available to the Rockies really seem like they could just be a little more than a horizontal move. So that could be disappointing for for a lot of uh, folks out there that, again, this was something that they needed to go do, and sure, they already got Nolan Jones, who I think is going to be uh, a factor uh, a big factor in 2023, but going to the winter meetings, try to get another one of those bats for the the middle of the outfield. Uh, they failed to do that. They, they they were not able to do that. There's still some time left where they possibly could come together on a trade somewhere, but uh, the options are somewhat limited. Uh, it, it's going to be Daza, Grichik in center, and then maybe you go and you target a right fielder like a Michael Conforto. He's the next guy up on the list, but again, 29 other teams in MLB that's going to look to get better and are going to have also some interest in Michael Conforto. So you may have to outbid those teams. Uh, Conforto still probably only going to get maybe a two, three-year deal. I mean, even if the Rockies had to go up to a fourth year if they really needed to. Uh, but by, again, by that point, how much does Michael Conforto move the needle on 2023? And what is his impact on the roster in 25 and 26? Is that really worth it? Really kind of hard to say. Uh, make sure that you come down to the corner of Colfax and New York to the DNVR bar. Still got World Cup going down. We got four more games, and yeah, we'll include the third place game in there uh, in that mix. But uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, it's going down noon for both of those games. You get 15% off your entire tab. Alcohol, food, you name it, you're going to get 15% off. Uh, if you are a diehard, if you are an official member to the DNVR.com, Annual membership does get you a free shirt each and every year, not just right when you sign up, but each and every year you do get that free shirt. We've got watch parties going on. Man, the Nuggets party bus was fantastic. There was another successful tailgate for the Broncos. Some of the messages that we got in our company Slack was like, despite the loss, uh, it was kind of a good loss, right? The Broncos looked competitive there. That was was kind of an interesting game. It made you feel a little bit better about this team. The vibes were fantastic when the bus got back to the bar. Everyone that was on that were that were on the bus, uh, commuting back and forth to Mile High or participating in the tailgate, they had an amazing time. So uh, that's the DNVR.com for that to join and become a diehard and get access to the diehards only Discord as well. Uh, you can get some betting tips in there. A lot of uh, a lot of folks know what they're doing. Uh, when they're on DraftKings Sportsbook. If you want to get in on the action, all you got to do is head to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. It's $5 for any pregame Moneyline NBA bet. And when your team wins, you get $150. That's uh, that's a big upgrade there, $150 in free bets uh, for hitting on a win, even if your team is the overwhelming favorite. You can tap into that. They also got those stepped-up same-game parlays that I know I personally love so much. You got two or three different things you might want to bet on. You stack those bad boys on top of each other. The payout is going to be even bigger, even better. It's fantastic. It, it makes things a lot fun, more fun, especially if you're hanging out with some friends. 
Uh, noticed a lot of people watching some games down at the bar at the Manchester Grand Hyatt. You could tell that they had a little bit of money on a game or even a sport that they might not have been interested in, right? These are baseball folks. They're not necessarily, you know, college basketball people or, or NFL, whatever it may be. But you know what? It keeps things interesting with DraftKings Sportsbook. Now when you download and use code DNVR, you can place a $5 pregame money line bet on the NBA. If your team wins, you get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Wednesday is the game. I'm really excited for this one. Morocco and France. That's where I'm going, my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. I'm I'm going with the Darlings. I'm going with the Cinderella here in the Final Four. Morocco to take down France Wednesday at noon. Morocco has had six World Cup appearances. By far, this is the furthest that they've gone in any of those World Cups. They kept Croatia, Belgium, and Spain completely scoreless. I think they've only given up an own goal. Like That's it. This whole tournament. Um, those, those three teams I mentioned, they're all in the top 12 in FIFA rankings. So they are powerhouses. Morocco has, has hung with them, if not bested them. 14 of their 26 players aren't even from Morocco. They were born outside of Morocco. Some were even born in France. So like this is the perfect storyline. They've, they've emerged as the story to watch. They are the Cinderella's. And you can take advantage of the DraftKings Sportsbook, because it is plus 650 right now. Seriously, get in on that. My DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. Morocco over France to win in regulation, plus 650. Big bucks going to that. Now, one of the other things they needed to do was try to find, in my estimation, their next Herman Marquez. Free agents are not going to sign with Colorado. We know this. They're going to have to do it via trade. Maybe steal another player from another organization like the Rockies did in January of 2016 with the Tampa Bay Rays. They were not able to do that. They did get an interesting former second round pick in 2019 by the name of Jeff Criswell. Actually, it was 2020 draft. Jeff Criswell, a Michigan native from the University of Michigan, was teammates with Carl Kaufman back in 2019 when they made that run to the College World Series. Uh, looked really solid in that 2020 season uh, before the pandemic began. So uh, they had a second round pick, a guy that doesn't even need to be on the 40-man roster. He's going to be a depth piece, I think, for right now for the AAA roster for Albuquerque. But again, all the same trajectory as a Marquez. Not that I want to keep that kind of pressure on him. That's the storyline to go with. He could debut at some point during the season, much like Marquez did in the, in the year that he uh, was acquired by the Rockies in 2016. So did they actually do that? No, but I'm going to give them extended time because they're talking with other teams. They're laying the groundwork like they did in 2015 at the Nashville winter meetings when they were having those conversations with the Rays before they were able to finally get the deal done uh, at the end of January of 2016. So we'll give them about a, a seven-week extension here uh, on possibly adding uh, that really big piece that we're all going to be excited about in a few years. They needed to bolster the bullpen depth. Uh, and they were able to do that to a degree, but I think that bullpen depth was more for the Albuquerque isotopes and not for uh, the varsity squad, as it were. Uh, there's uh, there, there were four guys that they were able to pick up. Jeff Criswell, he could be a bullpen piece, uh, possibly. They did sign to a minor league deal. TJ Zoich, yes, Z-E-U-C-H, great name, TJ Zoich. I uh, signed him to a minor league deal on Friday, 27-year-old righty with nearly 60 innings pitched over the last four seasons with Toronto and Cincinnati. Look, 
didn't look great. He did not look great last year, even in AAA in the International League. Um, didn't look great in 2021, but 2020 and, and before that, you know, he was was a real dude. Was a former first round pick in 2016 by the Rays. Uh, was an Eastern League All All Star in 2018 with uh, Brendan Rodgers, uh, Jonathan Daza, Lambert, Sam Hilliard was on that squad. A bunch of the Hartford Yard Goats, so he's familiar with those players. Um, but you know, he he struck out a, a good amount, so he's a nice little right-handed. A reliever for the Rockies going forward. It was a little surprising that the Rockies didn't make any Rule Five draft selections. They did. They they selected Kevin Kelly uh, from out of Cleveland's organization, but then immediately turned around and traded him to Tampa Bay. There were some decent options there. Gus Varland, uh, the big name uh, amongst them, that uh, could could be somewhat impactful uh, this next season. So I, I was surprised they didn't uh, they didn't go that route to add. Uh, as I mentioned, they had the two uh, relief pitchers in the minor league phase of the MLB draft. Eli Lingos, uh, a left-hander, is 26 years old, turns 27 in May. 22nd round pick in 2018, you know, last year in AAA. Uh, somewhat solid. You know, I like that his whip was down. It was close to one. 19 strikeouts uh, to eight walks. Uh, he can start in a pinch, so, you know, maybe he is sort of the 2023 version of Ty Block, or, or maybe he's becomes that version in, in 2024. Uh, his career strikeout to walk ratio, as mentioned, is is somewhat solid. Doesn't strike out a ton, but uh, he's able to keep his walks down, which I, I think is uh, incredibly valuable, uh, as we know, at Coors Field. Nick Kuzia was the other player that they picked up in the minor league phase of the Rule 5 draft. He was signed as an undrafted free agent by the Padres in 2017 out of the University of Massachusetts Lowell. Got a buddy who uh, went to school there, uh, so that's kind of interesting. Not not too many players uh, have turned pro out of there. Mike Lavalier probably being the most notable name, uh, former Pirates catcher in uh, in like the the 80s. Uh, infielder Danny Mendick of uh, the White Sox uh, more recently uh, did play out of there. So Kuzia trying to do uh, one of the things not too many players have done since uh, the first MLB draft in 1965, which is go undrafted and then make it to the majors. Do do the Josh Fuentes, do the DJ Johnson route. Uh, of players uh, who were undrafted, but still find a way to uh, become a professional at the highest level. Uh, Kuzio had a 4.98 ERA last year uh, in the in the Tigers organization. Was also a minor league guy there as well. He's six four, and again, he's a he's a nice little uh, bullpen piece for them. We should also mention one of the other players that was uh, selected on a minor league deal. Uh, as we know, late last week, a lot was made about Cole Tucker. Probably more about the fact that. His girlfriend is, is somewhat famous uh, and, and Vanessa Hudgens, but uh, Cole Tucker um, is uh, is the fourth guy that the Rockies did pick up to, to help their depth a little bit. Pedigree is somewhat solid. At least it was solid coming out of high school because he was the 24th overall selection in the 2014 draft by the Pittsburgh Pirates. In fact, his brother uh, Carson uh, plays in the Guardian system. Uh, he was the 23rd overall. So you get the bragging rights. He was 23rd. Cole was 24. Uh, Carson, 23rd overall pick in the 2020 draft. Carson and Cole are just the ninth set of brothers to ever to be selected both in the first round. So uh, nice little baseball history there. But Cole, top 10 prospect for the Pirates for five seasons every year, 2015 through 2019, was even considered to be uh, the 18th best prospect in AAA during the International League play in 2018. It's a cool list at Baseball America. Uh, and speaking with Kyle Glazer, we're going to have him on on the show uh, coming up here 
this offseason, probably this month, maybe even next week. Uh, real good guy. It was, it was nice catching up with him again at the winter meetings. Big prospect guy for Baseball America. They kind of stopped doing those rankings of talking to the coaches in the league and say, hey, who is the best in the Northwest League? And then you get those rankings. Who is the best in the California League? Because that also lets you know what the other uh, scouts and other coaches and managers think uh, about players who might be under the radar. And so you get some of those interesting names uh, in the back end of the, of the top 20, and you say, oh, this guy's – more of a dude maybe than uh, we realized he was for the Rockies. So uh, those lists are always really interesting. I, I do value them. Now, uh, Cole Tucker did debut in 2019. Uh, he's played in the majors each of the last four seasons, uh, was was waived last year by the Pirates, picked up by the Diamondbacks, played a little bit with the Reno Aces. But uh, in his four-year career, 154 games played, 211 batting average, 259 on base percentage, 314 slugging again just kind of small sample sizes over the course of four years, but the numbers in the minors aren't much better than that. He's a switch hitter, which is positive. That means he's going to hit from the left-hand side against right-handed pitching. His numbers are better left-handed than right-handed, but still uh, not great. You know, he's made some swing adjustments in the past, but I think the biggest issue for him, this is not necessarily going to help him in Albuquerque or even uh, with Colorado, but he still hits the ball on the ground more than most. The one thing you could possibly hope for is that with the with no shifts, that ground ball to the right side is going to get through. Uh, it's going to lead to more hits. So again, not not uh, hitting for power in general, uh, but but could be a guy that uh, you're you're surprised by his contributions. Had to pick up an outfield mitt. He's a middle infielder by trade, but he's had to pick up uh, an outfield mitt uh, in order to to keep himself on the field. So he can play a little bit of everywhere. Uh, on the diamond is going to be going to be almost a poor man's Alan Trejo here at this point. Trejo going to get some time uh, in the outfield. He's also going to be there if there are any hiccups with Ezekiel Tovar. Got an unlocked article, another one at the DNVR.com, all about how Ezekiel Tovar is going to get the opportunity. He's going to get the opportunity, and he should, to be the starting shortstop on opening day, but he's going to have to earn it. And Will the team, you know, stand by him if he has those struggles that Brendan Rodgers did in April of last year where he was hitting 078? Will they will they stand by him in those instances? And Bill Schmidt, Buddy Black both talked about that while I was down in San Diego last week. And uh, and, and their response might be interesting uh, to you. But Alan Trejo is going to be that safety net. And maybe Cole Tucker uh, is the safety net on top of that. And, and he becomes the Hampson slash Trejo. Uh, playing a little bit of everywhere around uh, in the field if Treo does need to be the starting shortstop until Tovar is ready. You got to hope that that groin injury he had last year uh, is better. So uh, that's that's one of the positives with a lot of the flexibility on the roster right now with the team. Uh, the last possible, the last thing that I really uh, had on the Rockies to-do list, and it turns out they had it on their list as well, was to avoid a bad contract. Again, going back to having an outfield of Bryant and Nimmo looks fine for the next couple years, but it doesn't. It looks a lot less fine going forward when you've got a lot of young players on the roster and you're close and, and you might be able to make an impact and dive into free agency to help round out a roster, but you don't have that flexibility because you're spending 50-some million dollars on two players that are in their mid-30s. That is not going to be the case now going forward. They, they will have that flexibility. They don't want to block the young guys, but they also, I think, want to have that, that extra money. They want to have some of that flexibility when that time comes. And it's not even a ton of flexibility because if you go and look, I believe it's the, I think it's the 2026 roster, maybe it's 2025. They already have 80 some million dollars committed to that. 
think it's 2026. That's the last year uh, that the Rockies have to make any payments to the St. Louis Cardinals. Only $5 million. Sure, it's the principal. I get it. But uh, the contracts to McMahon, Freeland, Senzatella, and uh, Chris Bryant, they're all there. Total up to about 80-some million dollars. Uh, that's that's almost already guaranteed right there. So uh, unless they you know increase the payroll, which it seems like their opening day payroll might be similar to what it was in 2022, uh, and I think once they they really start to contend, uh, they'll they'll move that line up, and uh, you know potentially we could see in 2026, 2027 that payroll going up over 200 million dollars. Again, that's that's a long ways away. That's that's essentially in the next CBA. Something like that could happen, but you want as much free money as possible when it looks like your window of contention is open so that you can maybe target certain free agents. We know that the Super Bowl pen was not great. $106 million on Wade Davis, Jake McGee, and Brian Shaw. That that was not great. That didn't work out. It worked out in the first year. It worked out in 2018. Uh, I would even venture to say it worked out for about half the year in 2019. Uh, so you, you didn't get uh, enough bang for your buck there, but you were at least able to do that for one season. You were still able to utilize the the payroll flexibility that you have. And so, you know, what if, if you only get one season out of those kind of signings, uh, at least the Rockies will be able to have that because uh, you're not going to be able to do that if you get yourselves into some bad contracts. So that would be the one that I would, the final verdict would be, they definitely passed. They, they, they got a good grade. They didn't lock themselves in any contracts that they are going to regret. You're always going to regret a big contract um, at, at some point, whether it's one of your own guys, whether it's somewhat, you know, uh, the homegrown guy like Charlie Blackman, you know, his, his money I don't think has really impacted the, the payroll or, or the roster, you know, much at all uh, throughout uh, his big extension that he got in 2018. But if that were the case, you know, again, that's just kind of the cost of, of doing business. But uh, the business side of things, pretty good by not getting themselves involved uh, in, in a long-term contract. They're, they're saving their money for the future. And, and if you want to save your money right now, when you're going out to uh, any concert or any event, any show, any game, you got to go to Game Time Tickets. That's the app. 15 million folks love it. They adore it. I've been using it for 2023 will be exactly a decade. Went to a show at Red Rocks for $15. That was it. Got in. The weather was kind of questionable. It was close to the start of the event. 15 bucks for my first show ever at Red Rocks. It was fantastic. That's the thing that game time allows you to do uh, up to an hour from the event. You can get like 60% off. Uh, that the, the face value of those tickets. Uh, it's pretty great. So tap into that, especially if you're uh, going on vacation and you're in a city and you're just not sure what's going on, hang out by the stadium. Hopefully it's got that cool Lodo vibe, of course, uh, that we have in, in Coors Field. And if the price is right, boom, utilize game time tickets, use code DNVR, use the link in our description to save uh, and, and be one of those 15 million folks who have taken advantage of uh, the, the wonderful opportunities that game time tickets allows you to do. And, and again, if you're celebrating a game, a loss, or even just a, a, a mild loss to a powerhouse like Kansas City, like the Broncos did, you can kind of celebrate and say, hey, this looked a little bit more like the team I was anticipating this season. You got to celebrate with the Breck Brew Avalanche Ale. We know the abs are, are doing it, man. Love that victory. 3-2 over the St. Louis Blues. Tip one back. Celebrate to them. Uh, Caramel Malts. It, it lends the whispers of toffee sweetness in the Avalanche Ale. It's not the it's not the Christmas Ale, but it I feel it, it's somewhat evocative of that in this time of the year. And and we're going to be drinking a lot of those this year as the Avs look to go back to back 
you can go back to back with uh, with all the Breck Brew options that are available to you at www.breckbrew.com to find the Avalanche Ale near you. Susie tapped into that when she was in Philadelphia and she was in North Carolina. She didn't realize the place she, uh, that was right down the street from her was there. So anywhere you're at in the country, breckbrew.com to learn a little bit more about that. Cameron in the chat, appreciate that again. If you just listen to the podcast, great, fantastic. But also make sure you're going over to DNVR Sports Channel over on YouTube. Uh, Cameron pointing out Yankees, Rockies this summer. It's actually the same weekend as Taylor Swift. So I, I will be at the stadium covering the Yankees, Rockies. Uh, DJ LeMahieu, as Cameron points out, first return back to Coors Field since 2018, since he signed that initial two-year deal with the Yankees uh, and then signing a six-year extension, right? Tommy Conley, uh, all those guys. Uh, there's going to be some reunions at, at Coors Field because we got a balanced schedule. So now all the American League teams will be coming to Coors Field over the course of two years. So anyone that doesn't come to Coors Field in 23, they will be coming in 2024. Any cities that you want to go see the Rockies in, if uh, you want to go see the Angels, if you want to see Mike Trout in Anaheim, you're not going to get a chance to do it this year. You're going to see Trout and Otani at Coors Field this year, which is fantastic because who knows where Otani is going to go next offseason. If the Dodgers are going to play on them, uh, on, on him and, and uh, spend a lot of money, he's going to make a lot of money in free agency. But Toronto Blue Jays, Toronto's coming to Colorado in 2023, which means in 2024, get your passports ready, go see the Rockies in Toronto and see potentially can't guarantee it potentially the first ever Rockies win in Canada. That's right. The Rockies are 0 and 9 against the Toronto Blue Jays in their history. One of my favorite fun facts of all time. Haven't said in like a month. So we were definitely do Cameron appreciate you kind of setting me up unknowingly uh, for such a, a fun and strange fact. One of the great things that I, I really enjoyed while being down in San Diego uh, was all the content that we created as All City Network. Uh, we had Ryan Herrera from CHGO Cubs. We also had Jesse Friedman from PHNX Sports and PHNX Diamondbacks. And we did a lot of videos. Those were the other guys that were with me when we were talking about the Rockies. Uh, but, uh, you know, we also did things for, for their content. We did, uh, there was about eight or nine articles uh, all week long at the winter meetings. Uh, the report card that just came out today, essentially. Uh, we had the Ezekiel Tovar starting opening day. What are the Rockies going to do? Is the trade market the way to go? Michael Conforto, who are some of the starting pitchers? We did all of these YouTube shorts. You know, mid-tier starting pitching could be the way for the Rockies to go. You know, Bill Schmidt, you know, was it was he alluding to something? Uh, was it was it somewhat guarded or was it just baseball speak that you know what? We're we're less, we're in on anyone. We're in on anyone. The question uh that that specifically was asked was, are they going to be looking for a Chad Cool type of pitcher? And he said, hey, we're, we're going to be looking for any, anyone. Any and everyone is, is on the table for the Rockies. Does that mean they're going to go after Carlos Rodon? Absolutely not. I don't think that will be happening. Uh, but Noah Syndergaard, that could happen. You know, Chris Bassett is out there. He's, he's a little bit older. He's 33, so he's going to want to get his payday. But depending on what the Rockies offer, he might say, well, look, I, this was my, my one and only bite at the apple. So I just need to get as much money as possible. I don't have to worry about what's going to happen in four years from now when I re-enter free agency at 37 years old, going into my age 38 season. I just got to get the most money I possibly can right now. And so that could be a market where the Rockies take advantage of. There's also uh, Patrick Corbin. One of the shorts that we talked about was, was crafting some trades for some players that are out there like Jake McCarthy 
of the Diamondbacks. They've got four outfielders there in Arizona, four young guys with at least four years of club control for all four of them. And a lot of them are left-handed hitting. Jake McCarthy, uh, he looked fantastic at Coors last year in September when Arizona came to town. He could be one of those guys we could orchestrate a trade. We talk about that. Brian Reynolds should be on the market. Pirates said they're not going to trade him. It makes no sense for them to keep him because they are not going to be contending going forward. And the extension that they tried to work on with him was no good. Same would be true of Sean Murphy. Three years left of club control. Uh, they're not necessarily interested in extending him, so you might as well trade him now. Because if you wait until the, the season in which they're going to be a free agent and you trade at the deadline, it's a two-month rental. Teams will only pay so much for that. One season, you're going to get a little bit more. Two seasons, you're really going to you're really going to get uh, back a lot more in the prospect pool or in major league ready talent. And three years, you're really I think leveraging your team and the future of your franchise even better because now the acquiring team can really go out there and say we got we got three shots with this guy before they hit free agency and maybe by the end of the year two we might want to come to an extension so you're really okay with paying more in prospect capital if you're getting three years it's one of the reasons why the Rockies should really consider and really pick up the phone and talk with other teams if they're interested in a guy like Brendan Rogers I would hate to see him go no doubt about it love talking with him in the clubhouse but he's got three years right now and do they are they really going to be contending within the next three years? Are they going to extend him? Again, that remains to be seen. If you don't see him traded this offseason, maybe that does bring about an extension. That was that was precisely what happened with McMahon, Freeland, and Senzatella this time last offseason. You can remember several years ago pointing to the 2021, 2022 offseason, in which the Rockies had four players that were now that were going to be two years away. Uh, from free agency, McMahon, Freeland, Senzatella, and Rymel Tapia. They needed to do something. They needed to make a move to figure it out because they can't just let these guys go into free agency, especially if they're not going to get a qualifying offer, which means you're not going to get a draft pick. They got to do something. Got to make a choice. And they made a choice with with all four of those guys last offseason with two years remaining. So Rodgers right now has three. They might wait until next offseason to see what they got, if they want to extend him or if they want to go the top of your route and trade him, see what you can get. So we, we might not get that answer right now, but the Pirates and A's are going three years out where it seems very much like the Rockies may be waiting until next offseason to make a move on that. Patrick Corbin was one of those guys that he's making a lot of money. The Nationals would have to pay down his deal. They probably would also have to throw in a prospect. So uh, that's, that's where it really, I think, becomes enticing for the Rockies to make a move move like that where you know my suggestion was Josiah Gray now he's, he's still improving but he's a former top 100 prospect uh, out of the Dodgers and Cincinnati Reds organization uh, you get Patrick Corbin who knows how to pitch at Coors Field might not know how to successfully do it but he does he's got he's got that uh, on his resume he's a guy that you can use as a as a number five starter you can dream on Josiah Gray with four plus years of club control and again you get some money to pay down Corbin's deal that's something I feel like that would be enticing for the Rockies, who, again, struggle to find the starting pitching. I think that's a fit. We talk about that in one of the shorts over on the DNVR Sports YouTube channel. Uh, you can check that out. Nolan Jones, uh, man of intrigue. We talk about him uh, and what his flexibility allows the Rockies to do. Yes, 
Uh, right now, he's considered more of a corner outfield type that bats left-handed. But what if he goes to third base? That was his position of trade coming up in the minor leagues, had to move off that because of Jose Ramirez. If he's now the option at third base, now McMahon can move over to second. And here we are again talking about Brendan Rodgers as a, a potential trade chip. Or you keep Brendan Rodgers and maybe you trade Ryan McMahon, who still has four years left uh, of club control. I don't think they want to do that. But if they decide to get creative and the right offer is available to them to improve their starting pitching, I don't think it moves the needle enough to acquire some solid relief pitching, even two really solid relief pitchers right now. Even if they have a lot of club control, I think you got to have something much more than that. But uh, but Rodgers and McMahon could be those trade candidates. And, and maybe uh, that's intriguing enough for the Pittsburgh Pirates to let go of a guy like Brian Reynolds. So there are some options. There's still plenty of time in the offseason. Free agent market has moved. There's only a couple of those uh, top-tier players left, Carlos Rodon and Carlos Correa uh, being the two. Uh, so right now, it could be all about the trades going forward. Uh, on PHNX Sports, uh, a lot of views. A lot of views. One of their biggest videos actually ever talking about what are the Dodgers doing? What are the Dodgers doing? They signed Shelby Miller to a $1.5 million deal uh, to be a relief pitcher for them next season. And that's it. We, you didn't hear him really even sniffing around Aaron Judge. They weren't in on Brandon Nimmo uh, like I thought they might be if they didn't get Judge. Carlos Correa is still out there. We'll wait and see what happens. Maybe Carlos Rodon. But they're they're like lying in the weeds. They they We haven't heard their names attached to any of these big-name free agents other than Justin Verlander. That was pretty much it. What are they doing? They've done nothing. Are you, are you uh, certainly not worried about them because if they're – bad next year or they're not as good as they've been it's a good thing for the Rockies it's a good thing for the NL West but you know what could they possibly be doing we we talk about that it, it's interesting what could their strategy be that was a lot of fun uh talking with Ryan and Jesse about that of course we broke down the four outfielders uh that Arizona has and, and which one is is the most likeliest to possibly get traded by them and 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 what they would they would need going forward Kurt Shane Kurt Schilling's Hall of Fame candidacy like it seemed like this might have been his route we forget that that's why the winter meeting started I think it was Sunday night Fred McGriff boom he goes in there uh we discussed that a little bit in an article uh co-written by me and Ryan Herrera about all the different things uh during the winter meetings being back for the first time in three years what that meant to be around the baseball community and have these free agents you know flying all over the place uh going from one team to the next one suite one floor of the Manchester Grand Hyatt to another sneaking around in secrecy, even though, of course, Twitter uh, doesn't like you to do anything in secrecy, uh, breaking all of those things down. But Fred McGriff starting it off, getting into the Hall of Fame with the Contemporary Baseball Era Players Committee and Kurt Schilling coming up short. It seemed like, uh, you know, I said it, you know, the last couple of weeks, he could be the second guy from that group because, you know, his political beliefs do not jibe well, they're not aligned with uh, a lot of the members of the Baseball Writers Association of America, but that's not who votes in this veterans committee. Uh, they might they might almost believe in his politics in many ways, or they might be able to separate the politics from the man and from the resume and from what he was able to do during his career. That was one of my more enjoyable conversations that we had down in San Diego, uh, all about Kurt Schilling and his candidacy. We, of course, recap the fun week that we had, uh, and we'll be doing that going forward, of course, with Susie, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, kind of breaking down all the shenanigans that we got into, but that was a lot of fun. 
talking about uh, one of us stalking Jeff Passan, uh, Gabe Kapler's impeccable outfit that he wore to the manager's breakfast, uh, spotting former players like Yasiel Puig and, uh, and Joey Bass were, were some of my favorite kind of just random highlights uh, that, that were there. And, uh, and Sean Murphy, a lot of talk about Sean Murphy, great catching uh, option for both the Diamondbacks and the Cubs. Uh, Cubs, of course, losing Wilson Contreras uh, to the Cardinals. Kind of strange, a, Car- a Cubs player going to the Cardinals. We know it happens, but in free agency and like this, I believe I heard uh, Sarah Langs discussing this. You know, players who have who've had you know 500, I want to say, uh, games played with both the Cubs and Cardinals. I don't think anyone's ever done it. Um, Contreras has like 700 plus games played with the Cubs. He'll now have 500, so maybe it was like 700 and 500. Bottom line, it's kind of rare. And so we even discussed, you know, is he going to get you know standing ovation his first at bat uh, when uh, he comes back to Wrigley Field, and then booed after that. You know, will he get a smattering of applause? Um, will he get booed first and then cheered after that? I, I don't think that will happen, but uh, those are just kind of some of the, the fun, real conversations that we had, and, and, and the Cubs too. Again, we know the Cubs can invade Coors Field, and uh, that's very much annoying. And I'm sure you've got some some Cubs friends and Cubs family, and they're probably very much annoying, especially after having finally won the World Series and, and moving on from that. They're a little bit in disarray, but they're trying to put the pieces back together. What do they do now? Uh, after signing Cody Bellinger, as well as starting pitcher Jamison Tyon. Those are some of the things we learned about. You can get a little bit more educated on the Cubs uh, if you want. So again, you can you can hold your own when it comes to those Cubs fans who are maybe uh, talking out of both sides of their mouth, or or they're not really uh, they're not really as informed as you are because uh, you're doing your homework. You're listening to the DNVR Rockies podcast uh, or any of the of the different products that we have from All City Network. So uh, it was a lot of fun. San Diego was was fantastic, and I sort of feel like I still have another week uh, or two, or maybe even three of of, of stories to write about uh, and and to discuss. You know, know what went down or the the ramifications or implications of all of these uh, different transactions that went down and prognosticating the future. Uh, of both the Rockies and MLB going forward. Had a really interesting conversation at that manager's breakfast uh, with Bud Black talking about the the new rules and what happens if this, what happens if that. The pitch comp, it's going to be a, a huge piece, I think, uh, this next season for uh, pitchers and catchers communicating, well, what happens if the battery is dead? What happens if guys are lying about the battery and they have to get it swapped out just to buy more time? These are some of the interesting wrinkles that we're going to be talking about a lot more uh, this offseason on the DNVR Rockies podcast. Looking forward to getting back in uh, studio with uh, with Susie this week and, uh, you know, just just typical Rockies content. I'm excited right now. I don't know if you saw at Rockies. There's foxes now at Coors Field. We're going to break it down. It's beautiful and also sad simultaneously. It's, it's Lodo. It's a city. What are foxes doing there? Maybe Maybe they're great at what they do because – they, they found a, a patch of grass that they can chill out on. So the photos are uh, amazing. I'm going to have to reach out to Kyle Cooper, who does their uh, photography. Uh, he probably ran right down there to take some photographs because uh, that that's amazing. That's that's probably the Rockies' biggest acquisition this offseason so far. Two foxes at Coors Field. And you know what? As much as, uh, as that might make you grimace, it also should very much make you smile. Uh, because it's beautiful. And it's Colorado. That's great. Follow us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies. I am at DN, uh, I am at Patrick D. Lyons. It's been wonderful. It's been great. Excited to be back with Susie all this week long. But you know what they say 
about the momentum that we've built here and I've built here today, it's only as good as your next show. So we'll talk to you tomorrow at 11 a.m. on DNVR Sports on YouTube.